So before we even get into the show, should I talk about when I met the big, big, scary man at Laser Tag? I still, like, you didn't really meet him. You just went up to him and said hi, and he didn't call you a piece of shit and kill you. Like, I really feel like... Oh, no, 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 I did not say hi. I stared in abject horror because I was at this arcade, and the two little kids behind me were like, there's a world-famous wrestler here! And for a brief moment, in case you're wondering how large my ego is, I thought I since I was talking about JWF earlier, they heard me and thought I was the world famous wrestler. And then they go, No, 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 it's like John, John something. And they go, John Cena? And she's like, No, bitch, it would be John Cena. I'd know that. It's like John Don. <laughs> It's not John C. I know that. It's so I, w- I walked down to the it guy. Was was, the raw, it was the raw. It was the raw. It was like Dwayne the Stone. Stone something. Stone sour. Yeah, so uh, I get down and I'm like, hey, they say there's some weird famous wrestler here. And he goes, oh, really? What was the name? I don't know. It was like John, Don. And as I say that, we turn a corner and it's revealed to be Ron. Who skips out of laser tag like an excited child. I stop in fear, stare at him, and he goes, Evening, gentlemen. Hope you're having a good day. And then does what can only be described as a scamper as he goes to play Daytona Racing in the arcade. I don't believe you, but I want to. <laughs> I have I have pictures because my friend was like, I have to get a picture of Braun Strowman playing this. So it's Braun in this giant arcade game and little B, he looks so massive against this little game. <laughs> well, he was searching for his... Uh for his next, like, friend to become tag team championships with because he only becomes tag team champion with little children. Fight Boys, a show about professional and not so professional wrestling. I am the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty Moore. I'm the kid wrestler, Blake. <laughs> I'm Kid Rock the wrestler, Blake. Tanner. His name is Kid. Uh. Wrestling. You're about to get by with the Blake. <laughs> that was actually a good one. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just waking up from a nap, the Dylan. And so, hey guys, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I've never in a 30 minute period went from thinking something is the most infuriating, dumbest thing WWE has ever done to thinking it is pure art and deserves to win an Emmy for what they did to us this week on SmackDown. Even more, I would like to say this is the shit that happens when we miss a week. Yeah, we miss a whole week, and now we're just... I I, I want to just talk about, for 20 minutes, about what happened, because... Oh, you mean the big reveal at the end? Yes, because, guys, I have actively on this show been the most violent supporter of the Roman Reigns being attacked storyline. They're trying something new. It's exciting. And this week, 
for some reason, <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Rowan have someone under a cloak, and it's gonna be him, the one who attacked Roman Reigns. And they had literally two minutes to do this at the end of the show, because I don't know if Owens and Elias went long or what, but you just see Roman rushing backstage, and then they rip off the mask to reveal an old dude who kind of looks like Paige's dad in Wrestling With My Family. Looks at He looks at Eric, looks back at Roman, and then they just hold on that. For a solid 20 seconds. It's a solid 20 seconds where all I could think was like, something going to happen. Roman's going to be mad. They're going to, no. Oh, there's the SmackDown. There's the SmackDown in screen. Roman's just as confused as I was. It was beautiful. (laughs) I believe it was summed up perfectly in my favorite wrestling Twitter account Boss Moz who just sent LOL in all caps and that was it. That's all they said because that's the only way you can react to this five plus week storyline being built up to it's an old dude. It's an old dude who looks like Eric Rowan kinda. And that's who did it. I really hope that they didn't tell Brian, Rowan, or Roman, what was going to happen when each of them walked into that room? None of them. No one knew who was under the cloak until the end of it. Yep. So, like, Rowan and Brian had an extra two seconds to process, and that was the first thing that Roman saw when he walked in. <laughs> no, no, no. What I prefer is the is if they had done this, which is old man looks at Rowan, Rowan looks back at him, and then they start doing the fucking doink the clown hand <laughs> movements. Like, we are the same. We are one. Dad? <laughs> Papa. Papa, but... I, I never saw you after the vineyards burned. <laughs> now, here's the real question that I can't wait. Is he a wrestler? Is he gonna start tagging with Rowan? Is Daniel Bryan gonna be king of the ginger beards? Because if so, guys, I'm sorry, I'm gonna get hired by WWE now. Nah, nah, dude, they, they scouted you when we were at Full Sail. They passed. <laughs> they were like, there's a ginger beard? Ah, uh, it's not... It's not long enough. Rowan's is like all the way down here. No, no, they looked at your pants and they were like, nah, dude, we don't need that here. <laughs> they were actually, they started scouting you and, um, once they typed your name and stuff in, um, they got a weird call from, like, a blacklisted phone number and it was like, no, no, you gotta listen here. You gotta <laughs> listen here, bud. I get all of my good ideas from him. You leave him the fuck alone. You stay the fuck away from him. You're fired! You don't know who this is. <laughs> and then, beep. Welcome to the phone number of Captain Tibbs, the owner. And then he lists everything. He's like, I live at this street. This is my social security number. <laughs> so, where does it go from here? Like, what? What? Just what the fuck? Does okay, it- I, was, I was waiting for that. Because where does it, it doesn't, I don't, there's not a go. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's, it's happened at this point. It's just, you, it's like seeing a train wreck 
once the train wreck is over, the train has wrecked. But does do they go on to be like, Rowan didn't attack him, this guy attacked him, and now you've got to explain this dude's whole backstory? Or is it the concept that Rowan did attack him, which means that Daniel and Rowan spent like two weeks doing casting calls to find someone who looks like Rowan to kind of pull one over on Roman Reigns? Now that is a fucking vignette you've got right there. <laughs> See, here's the thing. The thing isn't um, that I don't want to don't want to participate in, in this episode. It's just that, like, I looked that up as the show started. Because, like I said, I, I woke up from a nap. Uh, and first, I was really sad that we're continuing the Shane McMahon bullshit. Uh, and then, second, I saw that, and I was just like, all right. And then I just kind of decided to give up on life. And Oct- you just thought October can't get here soon enough. I need October to get here now, is what I, I need. I still don't have a login for the TNT thing. Like, I'm, I'm fucked regardless. I still can't watch the show. Yeah. Well, you did get to... I, I do hope that... And this is kind of an iconic thing we got to do, which is I got to take you to the last ever taping of NXT at Full Sail University... Because I think it leads up to when they debut on USA. So that's... And I also hope that it reinvigorated at least a little bit of Dylan caring about any wrestling that's based in the U.S. No, no, I I still cared about wrestling based in the U.S. Just I didn't have the time to, like, watch it. I mean, I don't have the time to watch Japanese wrestling. Like, I just tried to take a two-hour nap because I'm like, you know... Trying not to die. Yeah, I get to do this hour and a half worth of podcasting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I I guess I had every opportunity to watch Ron Smackdown this week. I just didn't feel like it, though, so I understand. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. I, I did not at all, because Raw happened yesterday, and, like, I don't have cable. And then Smackdown happened today, and, like, I can't watch it on a delay anywhere, because... I mean, I guess I could have watched Raw on Hulu. Yeah. But, like... Nah, dude. No, nah, you that shouldn't cut. have. That you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't watch Raw because here, here's the only thing you need to know about Raw: a creepy clown attacked a pervert. That's the only good thing that happened on Raw this week. <laughs> the rest of it was fucking our King of the Ring predictions, but we're gonna get into that later. Actually, until KO lost, which fucked my whole thing because I had him winning because I really wanted it to be King of the Ring versus the Best in the World because I thought that'd be a funny tagline. Um, I just, I just go with memes now. Like, it's the only thing that keeps me going. Uh, yeah, I and, love the memes. And Shane McMahon ruined it, because Shane McMahon ruins everything, because mm. I hate Shane McMahon at this point. Um, going back to Raw, I would like to say my favorite thing about the segment where The Fiend attacked Jerry the King Lawler was Michael Cole's reaction. Oh, no, you gotta get out of, get out of there, King! King, oh my god! My god, King is getting attacked. King is getting thrown. King is... I've seen this... I've seen so many people attack this man. (laughs) I also love that the crowd... The crowd was chanting, Thank you, Fiend! Thank you, Fiend! I was like, fuck, guys, okay. I really wanted them to be like... When he showed concern, I really wanted Corey Graves to be like, Didn't you... Didn't you make fun of him for having a stroke? <laughs> Actually, didn't you say he had? Didn't you say he had ass cancer? <laughs> was it? Didn't you say his anus was bleeding? Did you say he had butthole blood? 
Come on. on. Like on like national television too. Dude, I don't think you care. I really don't. Yeah. This is this is an act. And like I just want I want Corey Graves of all people to sh- to like call someone out on being a shitty person. Um, Corey wasn't even on that episode. Oh yeah, Corey wasn't there because he was off with Carmella or something. I don't know, but I know that's why I wanted him to come out and like <laughs> fucking his music cranks up. He walks out and he's like, "Fuck you, Michael," and then goes back. But yeah, the thing with the fiend segment is it just made me realize like it. Th- I don't think this is the decline of the fiend because he's still. A dope-ass character. It's just a matter of, like, people... The big rumor that came out was, like, they're gonna hold back on The Fiend, and you're not gonna see him, and they're gonna save him for special things. And I'm like, that's exactly what you need to do with him. You do goofy firehouse Firefly Funhouse bullshit on TV, which is... I need it, inject it into my veins, and then save The Fiend. But now it's no... Firefly Funhouse does not exist, basically. It's just The Fiend. Yeah, Firefly Funhouse was just the uh, was just the gateway. Was that was the transition? Well, see, what I like about it was like even with the Finn Balor, like pro, like all of the stuff leading up to it, the Fiend would attack Finn, but you would still have vignettes from the Funhouse of Bray coming out and being like, "Hi, Finn, you're my best friend. You're so fantastic. You're the man that does extraordinary things." But you made the fiend very, very mad. And hey, I love you, buddy. You done fucked up. <laughs> they amazing. might bring that back. He's not in a feud yet. Yeah. So I guess yeah, you would have to have him attack. He keeps attacking legends, which scares me because it may lead to him getting beat down by a legend at like Survivor Series or some bullshit. And I don't know if I can vibe with that. That's not going to be good for me. I maybe he, maybe he can a- maybe he can beat the Undertaker and steal his powers again. or kane kane's gonna come back um somewhere in knoxville tennessee a bald mayor just kind of looked up and shook his head yeah yeah so i guess we do need to discuss raw and guys what the fuck the smackdown ended with a funny what the fuck's happening raw just ended on a why why is this happening? Why waste uh, because, the OC? Because two people, because two people that are facing each are like are like antagonistic against each other are now tag team champions. Isn't that wacky? Yep. And Remember when so, John so, Cena did it three times? Real quick, <laughs> um, Braun Strowman, who is definitely probably gonna, he's gonna be like Seth's next contender. Well, for, no, no, he's gonna run Seth over with a Daytona race car. Yeah, he's gonna do that. So, because they're fighting each other, they teamed up, and now they are the tag team champions. Because two people randomly being put together should totally beat this team that's been a tag team for five years. Oh, yeah. And not just in WWE, in New Japan, one of the most decorated teams in wrestling history, and then they immediately lose to Braun and Seth. Um... You remember when they did that gauntlet match where Daniel Bryan and uh, Roman Reigns had to face every other tag team on the roster and they won? Yeah. Hmm. That was was more believable than this because Daniel Bryan was there. Daniel (laughs) Bryan was there. And he did do... He pulled a lot of the weight, too. He did? The thing that scares me is, like, 
I got really excited last week of being like, oh, good. Seth's mad that Braun came out and saved him. So now Seth will retaliate. The crowd will boo him. We get the heel Rollins so we can finally at least be like, we hate you and we're allowed to. We're allowed to boo you at wrestling events. But instead, this man. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. We never even got to talk about SummerSlam, did we? No, we didn't. Fuck yeah, The Fiend. The Fiend, that's all I'll say. Fiend was real fucking good. Was the Brock-Seth match apparently amazing? Because I was just kind of like looking back and forth at it, not really paying attention. You remember how all of the Brock matches that we really liked over the last couple of years are ones where they actually fought and wrestled? Yeah. But in the end, they were disappointing because Brock won. Right. It was uh, exactly like that, except Seth won. So it was more disappointing. I, I was a little conflicted on if it was more or less disappointing. Because it was a lot like giving the OC the tag titles and then dropping them to Seth a few weeks later. I was like, if I see Brock Lesnar with that title, I want him to have the fucking title. I want him to be dominant. I want him to fuck people up. I wanted to see Seth Rollins die. But no. Yeah. But I guess I, I guess it was their way of being like, we gotta get that fucking briefcase away from Brock Lesnar. Let's just give him the title for a month and then have him drop it. Yeah, he... This is... I would say that judging by the match, and I saw him... The beginning and the end, basically, because my internet cut out. I It felt like he had gotten you on his side by the time he won. Okay, I'm down with so that, I then. Think that, that was. I think that that was the reason that I was like, okay, I can fuck with this. Just, like, give me something that gets Brock away from the title if he's not going to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Brock feels really weird as a a paper champion. Going from his, like, super long year title reign to being, I'm gonna hold this for a month and then give it right back to the guy I took it from. That's it. Yeah. Of all things, I wouldn't expect them to ever do that with Brock, but I feel like they're moving away from Brock-centric, as weird as that is to say. Yeah. Well, with me, and I'm gonna keep talking about the good, good boy known as The Fiend, because it's weird seeing someone... You you see gimmick changes all the time, but the wrestling still kind of remains the same. Um, But he... And Moxley did this, too. The style is completely different. Like, he's much more brutal, a lot less... However you would have described Bray's old style doesn't fit The Fiend at all. It's just brutality and then, like, uh, this really cool... Uh, multiple personality thing where he's almost like trying to rip off the mask and become Bray Wyatt again. And and then, like, the fucking neck snap, dude. When he just has Finn in front of him. And someone pointed this out. Finn was kind of, like, on his knees like Bray used to do. And then snaps his neck as if to say, yes, Bray Wyatt is dead. The Fiend lives. Fuck yo, Bray. Fuck yo, Bray. And also, did you guys see about the, uh, it was like in 2015, they did Superstar Ghost Stories. and the Yes, st- I remember Bray's Superstar Ghost Story very well. Well, not only that, he describes the Fiend 
perfectly back in 2015 in this dumb little side thing. This wasn't even a Bray Wyatt promo for Raw. This was just something they did on their YouTube channel, and yet he perfectly laid out who The Fiend was. Oh, no. You would not surprise me at all if Bray had not... I I bet Bray has had something like that in mind for a long time. I think the old, the person that has thought the most about Bray Wyatt's character is Bray himself. Yes, exactly. Like, someone pointed out, they posted a meme, and it was of Moxley getting the injections in that promo and being like, WWE with creative. And then The Fiend holding out the Bray Wyatt head lantern. WWE without creative. <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference when you just let a guy get to do... Because like, even if you go back to the se- the to 70s, the 90s, that was the reason DX got successful, was the fact that they were positioned in a point on the card where Vince McMahon was not paying attention to them, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. And when you get to do whatever the fuck you want, if you have, like, WWE... Some of the most talented people in your industry, yeah. they'll print you money. Exactly. When you, have, when you have a whole different team of people trying to write a TV show, yeah, that's well, when you have a problem. Because... I, I mean, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder was the hottest thing in this company at one point because of all shit he did and that was it. Yeah, and nobody was looking over him, was making, like, you know, nobody was overseeing everything he did. Up, up, down, down is fan-fucking-tastic, and nobody from WWE oversees that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ryder was so iconic that, like, I still steal his shit for the end of our show. The fucking, follow me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, subscribe, like, all that shit went straight through me. So Zack Ryder, like... Despite everything, uh, he's a good fucking dude. Just let uh, him do it. Scotty, I'm sorry. You you finally admitted that, so I am going to have to take you in because this entire this entire podcast has been a sting. You you do owe Zack Ryder a lot of money. Wait, hold on. If we're just going to keep admitting, we do know you do know the opening to a load of BS is just fucking road dog. I'm just without the oh you didn't know. That's all it is. You know what, Scotty? I knew we could peg you for the Zack Ryder thing, but I never thought you'd admit to that. Come on, you're going away for a long time. So, can I just say my favorite... Welcome, Dango. (laughs) My favorite thing of all time about this podcast is the watching the almost Bray Wyatt into Fiend-like emotional change there is in Dylan versus when he has to talk about wrestling versus when he's at an actual wrestling show. Because Dylan on the podcast is like, man, fuck this. This is like, this is some dumb shit. Meanwhile, Rhea Ripley come out at NXT. I screamed and Dylan is grabbing me by the shoulders like, this is my brutality! (laughs) Now that was all you. I was watching you and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm pretty sure you hallucinated the last part of it because of how geeked you were for that shit like, uh, you fuck it the second time she came out you jammed to that theme song yeah Did- it's a great theme song but like i wasn't like holy shit this is the best because i was i thought i was gonna see her beat the shit out of some jobber and i was just like oh dude it's been forever since i've seen like a good like jobber beat down yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, I believe at one point I screamed, I named my child after you. It it was very embarrassing. (laughs) But, yeah. Not as embarrassing as as those children were in front of us. Oh, God, those children were rough. Do you have any highlights that aren't involving, like, your baby face of the week for NXT? Um, I mean, like... I finally figured out that they do come out and hand out the cups for freaking um, Street Profits, like, thing. I just thought there was somebody in the crowd that, I like, that was fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I definitely almost called them private party. I'm sorry. But, yeah, that was good. Um, getting to see the new NXT Tag Team Champions being crowned was absolutely amazing. And then getting to see a Bobby Fish promo in person again is always fantastic. In my right hand was was my best friend. Yeah, he was like, in my left hand was the tag rope. In the right, my best friend. Get out of here. What was it that he called William Regal? He like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, it looked like he wanted to cuss, and then he remembered where he was. Like, his ROH was fighting with his NXT. Yeah. So that was very good. We got to see Dango. Oh, man. Uh, I love how you're talking about these things that I won't see for weeks. Oh, no, no. you got like two weeks. I mean, if, 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 you ever, if we ever go to another NXT show, it'll be live. I don't know. How, like, that's going to... Oh, that's going to... That's going to be rough. That's going to yeah. be... That's going to be a rough one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really, I really like... By the way, that building is... Blake, Blake, I want you to know, that venue is fucking half the size you think it is. Like, yeah. they work some camera magic. They make it look like it seats, like, like several hundred. Like, no, dude, like, like 300. Like, that's I believe it. at one point they showed a replay of what happened, and I just went, where the fuck did those people come from? They, <laughs> yeah. Those were not here before this. <laughs> it was, it was like, we got in there and I was like, oh, this is it. Oh, this is it? Yeah, I I do. I hope they get a little bit sharper with what happens because I I understand that it's pre-taped, but like the ending was a little bit weird with Rhea because like Rhea beat the shit out of um like uh of Shayna and her cronies with a steel chair. They run up the ramp and just leave, and then five minutes later come back out to do a stare down with Rhea. Like, oh fuck, I forgot we were supposed to do this. Yeah, I mean, normally you just wouldn't get to do that, and then they would just have to cover because, you know, professionals. It's it, like it happens. It, it's just further pushing the narrative that, like, those those house shows are really going to be where, like, you see the unknown people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how, it, that's how NXT around Florida usually is because all of the big – the bigger names will go off on the tours. Then you'll go to, like, a house show and see um, – Fuck it. What, what's his name? He's a manager now, but he was part of the bros in uh, Impact. I can never remember his name, though. Robbie Stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see him, and you'll by see, the way, like... By the way, when when I was waiting for you, I, I don't remember if I told you this. Fucking um, Stokely Hathaway and one of his dudes... I don't know what his NXT name is, because I've known him as Stokely for too long. Uh, came out of, like, the other door at Valencia, like, went out, came back, and, like, came back in dressed in suits. That's how I knew. I knew everybody that was working there, because nobody on Full Sail campus wears a suit. I don't know yeah. if you know that. No student wears a suit. <laughs> so you just don't wear suits? Wait, wait, Dylan, you're telling me you saw Chuck Taylor TM and you didn't do anything about it? What the fuck? The man was working. Uh... <laughs> and you know who else works hard for the money? Da-dun, da-dun. 
We do. We work hard for that money. <laughs> I'm sorry. At patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right. If you want to join the BS Moon Marines, if you want to support the Fight Boys, if you want to be a Fight Boy yourself, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you get access to me and Blake's exclusive show, You Paid for This, where we watch terrible movies and commentate over them. I'm in the middle of editing. Us watching The Bad Batch, which means I'm having to watch The Bad Batch a second Again. time. <laughs> and fuck, so much happens in that film. I forgot about the skateboarders. I forgot Mata from fucking Tough Enough's in it for like two seconds. It's a buck wild film, and you guys need to watch it with us at patreon.com slash a load of BS, where you also get access to the Discord. Shout it out on the show of your choice every single week. Like the tiny boy himself, Gazi, the man who fucked up this episode of JXT so badly that it broke our entire game for a few there. Hey, listen, it's okay. AEW is getting their own video game, and we can just run, uh, we can just run JWF out of that. Oh my god. The ultimate betrayal one year when we're like, sorry 2K, we're now skipping, we're skipping to AEW. Although with Kenny, it might be more of like an arcade fun b- version of like a wrestling game, which I, I want. I want another fun wrestling game because I think the last one was maybe All-Stars, and All-Stars was my shit, but that's oh, all we've All-Stars got. All-Stars was fucking fun. Do you remember that night where we just played All-Stars until like... 2 a.m. Oh yeah, baby. That was you mean every day of college? Yes. You mean you mean next weekend when you guys have to do your podcast stuff, and then that's what you're gonna do Saturday drunk, and then you're gonna like almost oversleep your first show? Oh my god! Wait a minute! No, no, no! no. We could just do that for the show. We could just play All Stars for the show. God, that would make it so much easier. I wouldn't have to put together a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no! You have to do both. Oh fuck. Well, <laughs> challenge round. <laughs> well, guys, it's now time for us to tweet at a wrestler. And I know we said no more dust watch, but I feel like the boy needs consoling this week because the animal's on the attack. Did you guys read the story about this? Because it's fucking amazing. No, please give me a little bit of backstory. So, good old Chuck Taylor, whose Twitter account is glorious, tweeted out, I went, I believe it was, I went to Ribera's Steakhouse with Okada and they didn't give me one of them fucking jackets. Fuck this place. And in reply, Big Dave Batista of Guardians of the Galaxy fame responded, Son, that place has done a lot more for our business than you will ever have. You need to respect them, and in all honesty, I think if I were you, the smart thing would be is to delete this tweet right now. I'm like, you do not understand who Chuck Taylor is, sir. Yep. Um, I'm sure that was a really, like, like tough moment for, uh, for Chuck Taylor. He was like, okay, so on the one hand, Batista acknowledged me. On... <laughs> On the other hand, um, he doesn't know enough about me to know that I clearly didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I like to think that, you know, those moments that Batista would always have where, like, he was this huge, imposing 
monster of a man. Yeah. But then he'd just kind of trip and fall, and it'd be funny. <laughs> you mean yeah. like you mean like when uh, when Mark Henry didn't actually push him, but he took like three steps back and launched himself. Yeah. 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 Oh fuck! I love he's. I understand his personality so much better because I've seen him do bits like that. And if somebody were to just explain it to, he is basically he's a lot like Drax. You think he's you think he's not acting? Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Dave Bautista's best role is because he didn't have to act that much in it because he understood what Drax was like because Dave Bautista is actually Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> so, should we tweet it, Chuck or Bautista? <laughs> I'm actually I'm scared to tweet it, Bautista. At sexy Chucky e. T, then I guess. When was this? Uh... When was this tweet? Because I'm looking through his Twitter, I don't see it. Oh my god, did Batista scare Chuck Taylor? <laughs> please, please, for the love of god, tell me Batista scared Chuck Taylor so bad that he deleted a tweet. Oh my god, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> Let's wow. see. Yeah, I, th- I think Batista scared Chuck Taylor so bad he deleted a tweet. I'm pre- I hope he, like, messaged him. I was like, okay, listen, on the one... Uh, listen, I know you don't know me, but this is literally my gimmick. But yeah. it seems to have upset you, and out of respect, I'm going to delete it. But I want you to know, if I've read any more of my tweets, clearly I was not. I was joking. Yo, at sexy Chucky e. T, I'm glad we stopped doing Dust Watch. <laughs> No, no, no. Hey, at Zeki, you see Chucky e. T. Sorry, Batista scared you into deleting deleting a tweet. Hashtag you a bitch. <laughs> Hold on. I want to make one edit. Sorry, Drax scared you so bad. There you go. All right. 2019 oh, is back, bitches. That's going to be the other one. It's going to be hashtag you a little bitch. Hashtag 2019 is back. So, um, speaking of things that are... I want Chuck Taylor to just, like, look down at his phone and say, Oh, another mention. All right, what do we... Oh, fuck, it's them again. They're back. I I got six. I had six glorious months of not seeing these fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's back again. No, 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 no. Because two months ago we did the one at StarCast, so that's another one that we did recently. But You mean the one where nobody else did it with us and we looked like dicks? I think like three other people did it with us and that was it. But I do want to say, speaking of things that are back, the King of the Ring is back. And if you want any indication that Vince McMahon is reading the booking list for JWF, King of the Steel City started this week. And I know Tibbs had that booked like five months ago. So, uh, hey, Vince, what the fuck, man? I'd like to point out I am, I'm like... I'm only, I've, I've, granted, it was a very major prediction. I've only dropped one prediction so far, so I'm pretty sure the left side of my bracket's going to be mostly right, and then the the right side of my bracket is going to have one glaring issue. You know what, Dylan? We're in the same boat, and we dropped the same prediction. Oh, really? So wait, both of you have gotten three, and are missing. I'm, I'm going to assume old KO was the one you missed. Yeah. 
Um, so I got everyone else winning. Well, guys, uh, that's funny because I'm kind of the exact opposite, except for I, I, I've got I've missed three and I've only gotten one right, and the one I got right was Andrade. So, but I am lucky because the right side of my bracket, everyone that. I missed this week. I didn't have going through to the semifinals. So I do at least still have that if nothing else happens, luckily. You won the... By the way, did you ever look what, like, actual final ranking you got for the G1 pickums? Like, I know you were the I, best out of us, but, like, what the actual, like, numerical ranking you had was? I did not. Blake, if you want to look that up, well... Because, yeah... What, oh what night was it where Blake just texted us? And went, no, it was the night we recorded that. Two weeks are like, because then we'd record like two weeks in a row or something. It was the, it was the night where we had talked about like, oh yeah, dude, that that John that Moxley versus um uh freaking Yano match that was so that was such a good match. And then like, uh, like then that night, then the night. The next morning or the next day, they posted an update after that day's G1. So, like, 12 hours later, Blake's just like, well, we're fucked. <laughs> and, like, Scott, yeah, Scotty just, Scotty got a perf- perfect day without overcoming it. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I put my foot on the gas pedal and shot forward 10 points, and that kept me in the lead all the way to the end. But, hey, Jay White fucked a lot of us in that fucking G1, didn't he? <laughs> I- I need to stop picking Naito. I just need to stop. I just, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. do because I, because I'm just like, oh, like, like we can finally just have him have that. Because he's, he's the other face of, of New Japan. Like kind of like how it was Tanahashi and Nakamura. And now it's Okada and Naito. Like Naito is ridiculously popular and you're just like, okay, well they got to give him another run. But he, he, they're literally doing it the same way they did with Nakamura where Nakamura didn't have a didn't have like a a heavyweight like title run his last like three years in the company until yeah, he, yeah, yeah. until he left so like or like maybe more it might have been like four years or something so like I just need to be like okay so officially no longer giving a shit about that yeah um I would like to say uh, in regards to King of the Ring pickums it's still anybody's game because. First round picks are only worth one point if you get them correct. Yeah. Second round picks, two points. Third round, three points for every correct prediction. Semifinals, if you correct this for every semifinal you correct, it's five points. Holy shit. So yeah, it is an end game. If you correct the if you get the winner right, you get ten points. Okay. Oh, should we establish right now how many points this is worth? Because G one was like I, was, six. I thought this was, I thought this was gonna be like two. Two, I would go up to three. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, I, let's say three. Okay, three sounds right. Is it is Since it a... is it your OCD as well? Because I'm like two. That seems weird. We gotta do it. Rule of threes, baby. Theater rule of threes. Well, I would either do three or five. Not nah, three. For this one, three. Because like 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 because New Japan that was over the course of literally a month. This is over the course of like three weeks. Like I'll give it three. I'll give it one per week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, guys, I have a very important question to ask, and that is, who are your heels and faces of the week? Uh, my heel is you for showing up late for us to get into the NXT taping because I literally left work early only to sit around for literally an hour to wait for you to get there because you took the tickets. Do you want the backstory? 
You mean where you you were like, I gotta get this free beer, even though you constantly tell me you don't like beer? Is that it, Scotty? Is that the backstory? Well, yes, that's literally the backstory. He told me this on BS this well, week. No, no, that's no, no. it. I also was having to record a guest spot on a podcast, and she kept telling me like. Hey, give me like 10 minutes to set up. And I'm like, okay, I'll go get some more beer then. And by the end, I had had so much beer that I was like, I I can get there, but fuck. Okay. Did, um, did you tell him about the free puppies, Scotty? There were free puppies as well, but I didn't... At this point, I knew NXT was on the horizon. So all I was focused on was getting this podcast spot done and drinking free beer. In fact, it was a, it was a podcast based around laying down with a woman and talking about intimacy. So I I was late because I was drinking free beer and laying down next to a woman talking about intimacy. Yeah, no, I literally I lost money. I lost money <laughs> to get there early and wait around. Like I was in line and you were like, "I'll be here at this time," and you just you didn't show up for another half hour and i was so do you mad. think the amount of money you lost was equal to five beers because then we could just say you bought me five beers on thursday no 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 because because i already had to deal with you being in my house for a full week so i was already losing so like I, <laughs> you know how well, hard it is uh, to get the smell of ginger out of sheets it's it's fucking hard <sighs> What's bad is I don't know if that's insulting my nationality or insulting the fact that I had so many Moscow mules while I was down there. But my heel of the week is uh, it's related. It's related to NXT because, hey, Blake, fucking Brizongo stole our finishing move. Brizongo is my heel of the week because they come out. They have an awesome new entrance. For some, what was it? Asexual. Their logo says asexual instead of essential on it. It was very good. I was hyped up for Brizongo. Uh, 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 fucking Fandango shaking his ass everywhere. I'm having a great time. And then they set up for the finish, and I go, "This move looks familiar," because he wheelbarrows him into uh, Dango, who hits an elbow. He drapes over the legs, and I go, "That's a load of BS." They're hitting me and Blake's fucking finishing move. We've been thefted once again by the WWE corporate machine, and I will not stand for it. You're standing right now. Damn it. You're right. Fuck. (laughs) All right, I'll be down here, I guess. (laughs) Yep. It's fine. My heel of the week is the bastard that ruined my second and third round picks because I had Kevin Owens going to the finals. So wait, do you want to say it's uh, do you want to say it's KO or do you want to say it's Shane McMahon? Because no, it's that's Shane more McMahon. Odd. I'm I'm sick of this fucking story. Like <laughs> yeah, that like one. it's been that over one. a month. Who gives a single fuck about Shane McMahon at this point? Yeah. Yep. Like. Shane's my heel because he's got real bad go-away heat with me. Well, not only that, I thought Dylan was about to talk about Shane the person. I thought he was about, like, fuck this guy. I hate this motherfucker so much. But yeah, no, it is just the storyline at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, there there are many times where I've loved Shane. Whatever Shane is doing now is not what Shane should be doing. Yeah. Also, a secondary heel of the week goes to John Moxley, not for being a shitty person, 
but for doing some good, good heel shit on the indies, like unmasking Penta and then rolling him up for a victory, which led me to be like, y'all just going to do this? He didn't roll this? him up. He hit his finisher. No. I thought I could have sworn no, he rolled him up. He, no. Took it off. Hit Death Rider. Pinned him. He, I saw video. <laughs> I saw video of this bullshit. Let me tell you. So, like, is there a difference between the Death Rider and the Paradigm Shift, by the way? Because I've heard it, the move being called both. So, and here's I think the thing. It's just so, a, like, if he lifts... snap, snap Dirty Deeds, like Snap DDT, mm-hmm. that's that's Paradigm Shift. Okay. Uh, and then Death Rider is literally spiking. Or it's the other way around. I forget. I, like, Wikipedia doesn't do moves anymore, so I can't really differentiate. I think Death Rider is the spike, and then yeah. Paradigm Shift is just the DDT. And I assume that's a signature, not a finisher move. Yeah. Which, like, it's really odd that they're this, technically the same move, but, like, if he gets you the fuck up in the air, that's gonna be it. And it's yeah. like, alright, sure. He gets neck break and hide at that mm-hmm. point. Alright, well, ne- we've talked about the negative, but we gotta bring it up with some positivity. The power of positivity. All right. Oh, fuck, he's going! Go the big man's going! My power of positivity is the King of the Ring tournament's existence. Um, because I'm not doing... I mean, Dylan and I are tied, but we're also just, like, not doing great in predictions. Yeah. Are we... How many points behind Scotty are we? I think you're both, like... I think you're only, like, one behind at this point. Yeah, because Scotty literally fell way far. If it wasn't for the G1, Scotty would be fucked right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, maybe it's just because I need to do good in a tournament pickums again, and it's just giving me an instant, like... Redo who do you, instead of who having do you to have, wait. Who else do you have making it to the finals? Oh, Baron Corbin. Okay, do you have Baron winning? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you're probably actually going to win this this prediction thing. So good on you. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm thinking. Unless I, I can, after seeing the wins now, like I could also see Scotty's prediction of Andrade winning and like. Or King, it's either that or, like, King Ricochet now. Yeah, what I have right now is it going down to Ricochet and Andrade and Ricochet winning because there's never been a babyface King of the Ring. It's always been an annoying heel. Uh, Uh, Other than Stone Cold. Stone Cold. And Bret Hart. Was Bret? I could have sworn Bret was a heel when he He won it, though. Because he was then attacked by Jerry Lawler, who was like, I'm a real king. Oh, okay. Was it the second time that he won? Because he won it twice. Wasn't this? Was the second one the one where he was fighting Owen and he was a heel? I can't remember. I feel like Owen was always a heel in those. Yeah, but anyways, my baby face of the week goes to Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak. And fuck it, I'm not gonna try to say his NXT name because holy shit, those two are best Dijako- bout machines. Dijakovic. Yeah, Dijakovic, whatever. Uh, Because I saw them at an NXT show in Atlanta earlier this year, and they had Match of the Night. Then we saw them again at NXT, and their matches are so iconic at this point that the match itself had, like, a promo video. It had a hype video. It had a hype-up video video of just, like, this is going to be some good shit you're about to see. And And it delivered. Oh, yeah. At one point... Uh, Keith is like, uh, Donovan's on the top rope sitting, and Keith starts climbing, and of course you're thinking like superplex, and Dylan, like a dick, goes, hit him with a Spanish fly. 
Do it. I just yelled that. I was like, hit him with the <laughs> Spanish fly. And then they set up for it. I was like, I was joking. I was joking. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and then Keith lands like a beautiful, perfect Spanish fly off the top. Yeah. So that was a good one. Uh, at one point, Donovan goes for the, um, is it just like a, a cannonball off the top rope? And yeah. Keith grabs him in midair, picks him up, and just power bombs him in the center of the ring. And my favorite part was it wasn't as good as the NXT house show one. But I think that's the smart move because these two can put on a five-star classic and that's going to be on the next NXT TakeOver. I'm calling it right now, next NXT TakeOver is when they're going to pull out all of the stops and put on the most amazing match you've ever seen. This was just a taste of the amazing shit they could do. Yeah, because we didn't see uh, we didn't see freaking Keith Lee pounce. uh, Oh, that's that because that. Him doing that—that's uh, gonna be—that's gonna be the freaking thing. Like you know how he did it to Matt Riddle, and Matt Riddle flew like a like a little paper boy. Yeah. Like, dude, here, like like Donovan getting hit with it. Like he'll because he'll probably do it just perfectly. They'll practice it, and he'll get like some real height, and then he'll just like look real surprised. Yeah, and also feast your eyes is probably my favorite finisher move. Then he'll be. Dead. I know, but his his thing of feast your and his your eyes, and he points at his eyes like a, like a, like a Blues Clues show. Is real creepy. Look, if we're, like, gonna, if we're gonna talk about weird, dumb entrances, can we discuss Damien Priest, who comes no. out and shoots a fake flaming arrow at the screen that then lights up with some? You guys remember word art in PowerPoint? Imagine <laughs> yep. it's like being like the fire word art, and that's what spells out Damien Priest, and then he just keeps shooting fake arrows. <laughs> No, no, no. Then he, like, he, like, hand oh. up, hand down to the ground. Like, he's, like, doing some weird rave move, but nobody's into it. He looks, I, and I said this other thing, he looks like every uh, Josh Whedon 90s show, like, third-rate villain combined. Yeah. Like, if you combined all of them into one guy, that's, that's, I mean, that's it. He's, uh, his, that's it. His nickname will be Damien the Buffy Villain Priest by the time yeah. this is all over. It 100% is. Uh, my, my, uh, my baby face of the week is, uh, is, is shock the system because that like the undisputed era rock that entire taping. Have you ever heard heels get cheered in every match? You ever, you ever hear that? It it's happened. real offsetting because freaking mm-hmm. like, um, what's ACA's new name? I'm sorry, dude. Like, like so many of the guys that go Jordan to, Miles, to Jordan NXT. Miles, Jordan Miles. Yeah. It's like their names were engraved. So I was like, you have a new name now and I'm so sorry. I can't remember it. I know you're putting some. Some, uh, by the way, uh, shout out to Cameron Grimes and his fucking leather hat. That shit's hilarious. It's so good. Uh, Trevor Lee's tiny hat is a secondary baby face of the week. Yeah, he, and he, he comes out and is like looking like he's going door to door to tell people about our Lord and Savior. Uh, and like has that segment with them. But the promo before that, where like, you know, Bobby Fish is talking. And Kyla Riley's talking, and like less so whenever Roderick Strong's talking, because for some reason he developed a lisp just for this taping. That was weird. Yeah, and like Adam Cole just Adam Cole just killed it. Like literally, he killed it in his promo, and then he, I'm pretty sure he killed Jordan Miles at one point because he like hit a super kick, like and then a super kick to the back of the head, and then a sh- shock the system to the back of the head, all of which looked amazing. The tag match was like on fire. It was it was so. 
at the end of it, I was like, I feel the need to buy their hat. Like, not their shirt, because they're all, like, WWE shirts. The new one's like, not that bad. I like the new one that looks it like, looks a, like a, it looks like a freaking E, like a, an E-League, like, team shirt. You ever know, you, you noticed that? That was my first thought. I was like, that looks like somebody that, like, on a League of Legends pro team would wear. God, you just ruined that shirt for me. Fuck. I was thinking, like, a 1930s horror movie poster, but fuck, you're right. I know, right? I'm I'm the best at ruining things. Yeah. Oh no, including but, my own life. Yeah, but they were so good during like to a point where the next day, I knew a bunch of people at Podcast Movement who were f- huge wrestling fans. I was just running up to all of them doing the undisputed era hand shit quietly trying to figure out like, okay, wait, no, 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 this one does the rock on, this one does west side. How do I cross them? Which hand does which? By the by the way, I know it's not heels and faces, but you guys excited for the the Wednesday Night Wars? Oh my god! I'm looking forward. Yeah, to it. it's it's gonna be good. Like it's not gonna mainly be... because Chris Jericho keeps like stirring the pot. Like, yeah, we're gonna be doing this thing, and like everybody's like, can we just we can watch both because it, like NXT is gonna be on the next night, so we'll like we'll catch it on on the network, and like we'll what like we can we can we can all get along, guys. But like WWE A isn't about it, and you can tell too because like everybody's like. They were like, oh, they've probably had this plan. And, like, Triple H was like, yeah, we've had this. And it was like, you had another taping set up for September 11th and 12th that you then had to cancel and refund for the, the tickets. Like, you can say that it was an elaborate ruse so people wouldn't know what you were on about. But, like, no. You could have just not had it and been like, yeah, we're going to have a different taping somewhere else, not at full sale. Like, you no, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, that, that was something. And... Jericho went a little. I, I did like when he posted the album cover of Fozzie's Do You Want to Start a War? And I'm like, that's pretty dope. But then in the comments, he was responding to people about it. And I'm like, Jericho, you've gone too far. The perf- He went a little over, bro. Overboard. The perfect response was, was it Nick or Matt Jackson who just said, we ain't scared. And that was it. That was their whole response to it. And I'm like, okay. Especially because this, um, it, it reeks of them doing, like, making a sudden move to try to change this, or as sudden as you can, like, to get a show on a major oh, well, television that's kind network. of been WWE all year, making sudden changes to try to fight this, and it never working. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say, because, and not a lot of them have worked out very well, and I'm kind of, that's what gets me worried. And it also gets me worried about how much influence like what what it's gonna look like now that it's a weekly live show see with me my favorite my favorite were all the people being like aew such bitter people did you see what matt jackson tweeted it's someone put wwe canceled live tapings changed an entire concept signed a new contract with usa to get a show live on wednesdays and all Matt Jackson did was tweet three words, and suddenly they're the bitter people? I don't think so. Would have been cooler if they just said nothing. <laughs> this summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. <laughs> This show's just a load of BS. The show where Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that. We're your personal think tank. We're your two white guys, which fills the quota for a (laughs) podcast, I think. 
And we're just going to be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut. That's right. Except no substitutes, ladies and gentlemen, because this is that pure, uncut P.S. <laughs> good, good, uncut. Well, boys, we've talked about AEW, we've talked NXT, WWE, SummerSlam, but a few weeks ago, there was a pay-per-view that kicked SummerSlam's ass, and I'll say it, it was JWF Summerfest. We had some amazing matches happen, but in order to see the fallout after that, we're going to have to tune into another episode of JWF Monday Night Wolf. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by the man who throws one hell of a shindig, Captain Tibbs. Silver, I'm almost partied out. Been two weeks. That's right, Tibbs. We had us an amazing pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago. It was Summerfest. We saw the JWF Championship defended in an amazing match where Momoa Curry took on the Demon Honeypot. We saw Sam Adams defeating defeating the legendary Spider Lockhart in a retirement match. Tibbs, it was an emotional moment. What do you think? It was so... It, was, it brought a tear... To everyone's eyes, Sills, and it brought a smile to my face. That's right, Tibbs, and also we saw the dynasty in action. We saw the Canadian crew taking on your son, Chuck Tibbs, and the Dylan, and what was an amazing showing. But, Tibbs, we cannot focus on the past. We've got to look forward to the future, and the future is the king of the Steel City Tournament, a tournament where we have eight men, eight men fighting to the death. For an opportunity to face the JWF champion. What do you think, Tips? You know, Sills, I always love the King of the Steel City time. And it, it, it lets you know that summer's ending falls right around the corner. And we're about to see some of the best of the best go and fight at it to get a, a real fun $5 paper crap. That's right, Tibbs, and right now we have got our first match in the King of the Steel City Tournament as that man we discussed earlier, Sam Adams, is going to be facing off against a man who also considers himself an American legend, the man known as A.J. Steele. Tibbs, what do you think about A.J. Steele? Which one is that one again? Is that the dick pills guy? I don't like the dick pills guy, Sills. Don't. Tell me they didn't put the dick pill guy in. It is the dick pill man. He's taking a break from his uh, radio show to come out to the ring. Tibbs looks like something I didn't expect out of AJ Steele. Apparently respecting Sam Adams offering a handshake. This is odd coming from AJ. I didn't even know he knew how to use his hands in a handshake formation. He, He seems to be kind of a germaphobe. That's right, but both of them shaking hands. Oh, but wait a minute! AJ attempted to cheap shot Sam with a huge clothesline, but Sam ducks it in a vicious series of punches from the beer man to the skull of AJ Steele before bouncing off the ropes and a massive lariat turns him inside out, Tibbs. This is what I love about the beer man. He's straight to business, and his business is punching. That's right, AJ Steele now trying to get out of the ring, trying to powder out, but Sam, Sam's got him by the leg, pull him to the center of the ring, and now just stomping on each and every one of those limbs. Sam Adams is in six, Tibbs. Sam going to Beer Town. 
Going to Beertown, Sam Adams. That's right. Now Sam Adams trying to pick up AJ, possibly going for the sobriety test. But wait a minute. AJ, AJ with a thumb to the eye. Shibata's back was turned. And Sam Adams is now blinded as AJ Steele grabs him. And it's a beautiful Russian leg sweep taking down the beer man. Now AJ bouncing off the ropes and oh, a beautiful senton. Just that massive body crashing down on Sam Adams. Going for a quick pin as AJ Steele won. Ooh, and Sam Adams kicking out at one, Tibbs. Well, of course he is. He's the beer man. That's right. Now AJ just taunting that beer man with a few kicks to the head. And now... Oh, Tibbs, look at the disrespect. The disrespect of AJ Steele as he mockingly performs the, performs the taunts of Spider Lockhart. We know Sam Adams and Spider Lockhart. They were great friends. Of course, uh, Spider retiring at Summerfest at the hands of Sam Adams. And you know Sam can't be happy about this. No, Susan, let's not forget. AJ Steele has always been a guy that just reports that everything that happens to us happens like something that's already made, been made. He's kind of a conspiracy nut, if you didn't know. He always thinks that Spider Lockhart's pulling the streets. That's right, but wait a minute. Sam Adams now back to his feet, and AJ! AJ's got him picked up, performing one of the famed moves of Spider Lockhart as he nails that gorilla press slam and up, bouncing off the ropes. And, oh, my God, trying for the spider splash, but Sam Adams rolling out of the way, and he looks pissed off, Tibbs. Oh, so this is going to light a fire under the beer, man. And if there's anything you don't want in your life, it's a warm beer. That's right. Now Sam Adams getting back to his feet. And, ooh, nails a massive clothesline. And another. The beer man is on fire, lifting AJ up and nailing him with the Luthez press. Just raining those shots down onto the skull of AJ Steele. And Tibbs, the beer man, he looks fired up. He looks ready. And AJ's making his way back to his feet. But he won't like what he finds. It's a sobriety chest just nailing it in the center of the ring sam adams rolling him up one two three and ladies and gentlemen with that sobriety test sam adams moves on to the semifinals of the king of the steel city tournament and tibbs i couldn't be happier sales i'm loving it aj's gone back to lock up and the beer man continues his righteous quest. That's right, Tibbs, and let's be honest, I think AJ's ego, it got the best of him in that match. If AJ hadn't taunted Spider Lockhart, if he hadn't pissed off Sam Adams in that way, he could have gotten the advantage. But unfortunately, when you piss off the beer man, you won't like what happens next. Not at all, Sills. Beautiful match. Great way to start off the King of the Steel City tournament. That's right, Tibbs, but now let's move on. From a beer man to, well, someone who's not a man at all, someone who is a god, the god of the JWF, Momoa Curry, a man who we thought was dead not a few short weeks ago, but he resurrected at Summerfest to take on the man known as the Demon Honeypot. And, and Tibbs, it was a decisive victory, I'll tell you that. Of course it was, Sills. Momoa Curry is back. He's in a new regenerated body. He is a god once again. That's right. And let me tell you something. Everyone backstage, they can see a change in Momoa. A change in how he operates in this ring. 
But we've sent one of our top interviewers backstage with the god of the JWF to see how he feels about the state of the JWF division. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dodd the Dodd McDonald here with the god of the sea, god of law, and your JWF world heavyweight champion, Momoa Curry. Now, Momoa, you made an absolutely astounding return. A, a resurrection, they say, at Summerfest in a winning battle against the demon. The beast known as Honeypot, which leads me to ask, with this new look, this new body, how do you feel? Well, to be honest with you, I feel like the targets on my back just shrank, McDonald. I feel like before Summerfest, every single person in this locker room was ready and willing to come against me and fight me for my title. To make me work, to defend this championship that I love. They were insulting me, talking behind my back, and then that all changed. When I got to this locker room after defeating Honeypot, when they saw my true form come on display in the destruction that it can cause, I saw nothing but tweets and texts congratulating me on my return, congratulating me on a healthy the recovery. But the truth is, they weren't happy I was back. No, 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 no one was happy when I appeared before that ring. No, they were afraid. And they have a damn good reason to be afraid because Momoa Curry has been reborn. But that doesn't mean I'm not willing to put up a fight. It doesn't mean I'm not willing to do whatever it takes in this ring to keep my championship. So to all of the cowards in the locker room, I have to say, there's no reason to be afraid. Because I want a fight. So each and every one of you, please feel free to reach down and find those balls to challenge me for what I want, and that's a fight. You see, I didn't resurrect. I didn't return because I wanted to live in peace. No, I returned because I wasn't done fighting. I wasn't done defending this championship. And to every single person in the King of the Steel City Tournament, I want you to remember that when you're done fighting your way to the top, when you become the King of the Steel City, you'll be forced to answer one simple question. What is a king to a god? What is a king to a champion? What is a king to Momoa Curry? Well, Tim's Momoa seems fired up. He seems ready. He wants himself a fight, but I gotta agree with him. Does anyone in the locker room honestly want to take on this new resurrected Momoa Curry? I don't know, Sills. Seeing him at his peak again at his height is... It's making me a little jealous. I can't get in the ring. That's right, Tibbs. But I mean, speaking of champions, let's talk about our other champions, our tag champions, our captain's champion, the men known as the Dynasty, the team of Scotty Moore, his father, Scott Moore, and the JWF captain's champion himself, Blake Tanner, who 
they kind of had a mixed bag at Summerfest, you could say. Scotty Moore was hastily defeated by Joey Janela in what was an absolutely brutal street fight. But, of course, earlier in the night, Blake Tanner went on to defeat the Hammerman for the JWF Captain's Championship. But, I mean, let, let's be honest, Scotty Moore, he didn't seem happy with that victory. What did you think? You know, so... Uh... I don't know what I would think if I would go into a match where one of my best friends wins a championship that is honestly pretty deserving. And I don't say that lightly because he beat the goddamn fucking Hammerman. And you know I love that boy with death, and I think the Hammerman should fight him again and win, because he probably would. But after losing a match in the way that Scotty Moore did Joseph Johnny, Joey, Joey, White Claw guy, I could say that I wouldn't be feeling too great either after having pulp and piss beat out of me like that. Well, I mean, let's not also forget, during that match that Blake Tanner was having, Scotty Moore was unceremoniously tossed from ringside. I mean, the VWO, they firmly stood in place. Scott Moore stood in place. Only one man was isolated, and that was Scotty Moore. And he didn't take too kindly to that, so that's why he is in our ring right now to give a message to everyone. You know, I gotta say something. Something to all of you people out there that try to deride me or you boo me when I get in the ring. I gotta say, I get it. I really do because it's really easy to have you people like me. You see, all I had to do last year was team up with Blake Tanner once again. The BS reunited and suddenly everyone loved me again. You cheered when I walked into the ring, and you bowed at my feet like I deserve. But then I started to do something that none of you have the balls to do, and that's be myself. I started to be myself, and suddenly you all started to turn. You all started to hate me for who I truly am. You see, I realized... That for all of those months, you might have been cheering me, but those cheers mean nothing to me. I didn't get this tag team championship through being cheered. I didn't become Mr. Cash in the Bag by being cheered. No, I got all of this by being myself and knowing that I deserve each and every piece of gold this company has to offer. And if that makes me hated, so be it. But if that makes a biased referee kick me out of matches where I rightly deserve to be, if that makes a biased referee take those few extra steps before making the three count that I earned, that's, that's when Scotty Moore gets mad. Because as much as all of you want to say, oh, the bad boy Joey Janela, he beat me at Summerfest, you all know the truth. You know that Shibata decided to take his sweet-ass time before making any count where he knew I was going to be victorious. But, you know something? That's fine. It, it, it's fine because Shibata's just a referee. And I am the soon-to-be JWF World Heavyweight Champion. I am a king. I am the leader of the dynasty. And like any good dynasty, we have to keep growing. We have to keep getting bigger and bigger to reach the peaks that I want to achieve. And that's why 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to invite someone out here right now. Someone who honestly should have been at Blake and I's side from day one. Someone who is a perfect fit for the dynasty. And that's the only other fight boy left in this company. The Dillon. Tibbs! Tibbs, what in the world Scotty Moore doing? He's calling out the Dillon. What's what's he thinking? It looks like he's going to offer him a... An offer he can't refuse. That's right. I mean, it looks like they're rolling out the red carpet for the Lord of the Smart Side. Scott Moore on the corner pouring drinks. Blake holding open the ropes. But I'll be honest, Dylan seems confused at this whole thing. What do you think? I don't know. You got to always wonder that the fight boys, the dynasty, uh, dynasty inviting the last fight boy to go part of them. The Dylan. The rest of the fight boys have not had a stellar relationship at all times. You could, you could imagine, maybe the Dillons thinking of a double cross. Maybe, maybe the Dillons just not so sure that he could team up with his old friends, his old companions, his allies. Now that they're part of this dynasty. That's right. It might, it might be a smart move for him. And Scotty Moore seems seems welcoming, trying to offer the Dillon a hug. But I think the Dillon want to hear wants to hear what he's got to say. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ring, the Lord of the Smart Side, the Dillon. Now, D, I know I didn't tell you about this beforehand, but you have to admit, this, this right here, this just makes perfect sense. I mean, the Fight Boys are not complete without this seven-foot beast at our side, and to be honest with you, you know you need us. You see, my father, he was a loser. And then, he joined the dynasty. Blake Tanner was a loser, and he is now the JWF Captain's Champion, the first ever JWF Triple Crown Champion. And you... I mean, let's be honest, you haven't exactly had the best few months, have you? I mean, Dylan, you are a former JWF World Heavyweight Champion, one of the most dominant men in this industry. The Dylan was once a name that was feared in the JWF, and now you're teaming up with Canada, Charlie? In the third match on the show, Dylan, all you have to do is team with us, and you'll be the main inventor like you've always wanted to be. You now you bring up some good points. I, I can admit that in the past, whenever we've teamed up, it's gone, it's gone well. We've taken down remarkable trios, the elite, Matt Mania, to name a few. We've done well in the times where it's been the three of us gazing across the ring at scared opponents who became aware of the fear that they should have for the men standing across from them. Exactly. I love it. I love what you're hearing. I'm so glad. But he- that was when it was the Five Boys. You see, the dynasty isn't the Five Boys. See, the, the Five Boys was three men coming together for a common cause. The dynasty is Scotty Moore's ego on full display. See, you want to talk about weakness and losers among your own family, among your longest standing friends. See, you want to put yourself above everyone. See, you want to talk about 
working with you. You just want someone to work under you because I know deep down, Scotty, you're afraid. Afraid of being a loser again, aren't you? Afraid of someone like me. And while he may not be the best person to work with, I do have a partner. And his name isn't Canada Charlie. It's Chuck Tibbs. Oh my god, Tibbs from out of nowhere! Chuck Tibbs, your son assaulting Blake Tanner from behind. Dylan hitting a big boot on Scott. Scotty quickly rushing out of the ring as these two men assault the dynasty. What's going on? <laughs> you know, Sills, I don't think I would have I would have ever predicted this in a million years, but I, I think this is a great choice for my son and the Dylan to team up in this one. That's way. right, Scotty just frantically reaching for Blake Tanner, dragging him, dragging him out of the ring. But meanwhile, Charlie, Charlie's got Scott, Scott by the neck, picking him up and nailing him with that D, D, Tibbs. And the BS are looking scared on the ramp, running up as the Dylan is focusing up on Scott Moore who makes his way back to his feet. Dylan bouncing off the ropes, and a beautiful upper dicker is nailed to the center of Scott Moore. And Scott Moore, it looks like he's been knocked unconscious from that blow, Tibbs. <laughs> oh, that can't feel good. I don't think his insides are going to be outside for an outside in another week. That's right, Tibbs. And now, like you were saying, an image we never thought we'd see. The Dylan and Chuck Tibbs climbing to the top turnbuckle, celebrating as the BS look on in terror. And Tibbs, I, I got to know what happens next. And if you want to know what happens next, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night Wolf. So, boys, it's been one hell of an episode. Well, my voice did a weird thing there. I'm not yep. sure. Mm. Did your balls finally drop? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do have a very important question to ask, and that is, what did you learn this week? I learned that Tibbs doesn't know what insides and outsides are. <laughs> uh, I, I learned that the uh, the Undisputed Era's prophecy is, is almost complete. Mm-hmm. And I learned that... It doesn't matter what day it is this year. If you listen to an episode of Fight Boys, Shane McMahon's probably going to be our heel of the week. Shane or Seth, you can spin that wheel and you'll land on yes every single time. Flip that coin, baby. 50-50 shot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They had a cu- they've had a few bad months. That's right. But f- until next time, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. You can also find me um, every week. My friends Josh and Chandler, they stream casual video games at Vincent Vidya. That's V-I-N-T-S-O-N-V-I-D-Y-A. And uh, I join them every now and again, and we have a lot of fun. We play the online Pictionary game. Nice. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Uh, it's like Dark and Stormy, except I'm a dick. And you're Stormy. <laughs> Stormy. Well, you know. I'll be drinking Dark and Stormies. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon, or you can go to my website to check out all the other stuff I do. It's, I believe, ScottyMoWantsPizza.Squarespace.com. I need to set up my domain. It's just, 
impossible to set up right now. So hopefully I'll have a full domain for you guys soon. So check that out. Check out all of our other shows online at a load of pure BS.com from a load of BS, which is gearing up for its first ever live show at Dragon Con. So if you're going to be at Dragon Con, make sure to come see me and Blake at the Hilton Galleria 6 on that Sunday, which is September 1st at 11.30 at fucking night. So uh, are we going to say, can we say what our is theme is? Is that the is? last day of like the con? Yes, we are the main event. Is everyone le- going to be gone because they'll have work on Monday? Um, No, no, that's Labor Day. Oh, word, 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 word. Yeah, baby. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, it is the first ever, it is our first annual end of the world party presented by the BS coming to you live from Dragon Con. So make sure to check that out, guys. Special thanks to um, our man, Mega Ram, who has so graciously probably given his support for letting us use our theme song, Fighters. The We stole it from AEW, but Rand said it was cool, maybe. I don't know, possibly. Also, if you're going to be, since this is wrestling-themed, if you're going to be at StarCast, make sure to check out some of Rand's panels. He's going to be... I think there's going to be, like, a hip-hop thing that he's going to be performing at, and then they're also doing something about wrestling with stereotypes, which is going to be really cool. I think Ron Funches is going to be on it, Sonny Kiss, I believe, Private Party. It's going to be a really good time. I'm kind of jealous that we don't get to go and watch that. Yeah, so, so make sh- if you're not at Dragon Con and you are at StarCast, then do that, but if you're not it if you if you're not there then you should be with us <laughs> that's right and as always you can find us at a load of pure bs.com step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com find us on facebook donate to the patreon subscribe on youtube and remember to follow us on twitter at fightboy show chuck taylor cuz when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life Go,